Galatians chapter number 5, page 1246. You'll know we have kind of stepped outside of the series we've been in on Wednesday nights on overcoming the challenges of life built around the Ten Commandments. This Wednesday night, we, we stepped outside of that for just a service. And I felt very... Um, I felt I feel very pastorly. Pastorly is that is that a good word? Pastorly tonight, and uh, uh, I want to uh, help you. And uh, you know, at times uh, we as as parents we will will see something with our children, and and uh, we'll say, "Now you you be careful. You don't you be careful there. You'll get that that'll hurt you." And sometimes as a pastor, I'm not your daddy, but as a pastor, I see things that could hurt you or see things coming down the road. And uh, I have pastored long enough to know this to be a reality for so many. I could give you names. I could share with you families that um, are shipwrecked. Tonight, in this time of year. So with the help of God, I'm going to preach on staying on the track in the summertime. In the summertime. Galatians 5, 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And notice what it says, And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Drop down, if you would, to verse 6. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. I want you to notice this statement. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. Uh, just to make a statement, well, I'll, I'm, I'll get to it in a minute. Let's just finish reading. Verse 13. For brethren, you have been called into liberty, only use not the liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bide and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one another. This I say then, Greatest statement you'll ever read. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Heavenly Father, again, I pray, bless the reading of your word. Amen. You can be seated. We're coming into the summertime, and I praise God for it. It's a wonderful time that we have to enjoy our families and be outside. 
Mark 6.31, the Bible says, And he said to them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. That's Heavener said, If you don't come apart and rest, you will come apart. And how true that is. But churches, just like the seasons of the year, churches go through seasons. And uh, even, even churches go through seasons. There's times when uh, uh, seemingly God blesses richly, and there's, there's times when God says, Sit down, shut up, I want to teach you something, you need to learn something. Uh, there's, there's time like Sunday night, I'm a little, I'm a little loud, uh, son, turn me down just a bit. There's times like Sunday night where just a sweet Holy Spirit moved in the midst and there was obedience and people come to the altar and God helping so many. Then there's times that seemingly God doesn't want to do that, but He has something I need to tell you. He wants to talk to us. He wants to instruct us, if you will. And uh, what's so interesting about this passage, though, in uh, chapter number 4, Paul said, This my temptation, which was in my flesh, ye despised not, nor rejected me, but received me as an angel of the God, even, uh, even as Christ Jesus. Chapter number four, this church had just so embraced him and, and uh, uh, listened intently. And they said, man, I tell you, when he preaches, it's just like uh, listening to the Lord himself. He went on to say in verse 15, what is this then the blessedness you speak of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and have given to them to me. He said, you so trusted me, so believed me, so, so loved me, if you will. Why, you, you would have plucked your eyes out and given them to me, man. But here in chapter number 5 and 6, you'll find they're angry with him. They had an issue with listening to what he's having to say. And, uh, but he instructs them anyway. He says... In chapter 5 and verse 7, ye did run well. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? If you wrote that thing down, it, he's saying this. In Bible days, it would run races. And each one had their own lane that they run in. And it had the idea in running a race that many times the competitors would cut in on them and trip them up. And what he's saying, you did run well. Who stepped in and tripped you up? Who messed you up? Who got you out of, out of your lane? Who, who, who got you out of the track that you was a, a running in? And so he comes to this passage and he begins to uh, talk to him about this. Now let me say this. They had gotten off track, and Paul wanted to try to get them back on track. And um, I truly believe, with all my heart, when people do get off track, we ought to do all that we can 
to get them back on track. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. What, he, what Paul is saying is this. What we ought to do is try to help them to get back on track because one day you may need someone help you get back on track. Amen? There's none of us exempt. There's none of us exempt. We all, at times, get off track. Right? We, we don't have anybody with halos and feathers and wings and stuff here tonight, do we? Uh, we don't have any perfect Christians, do we? The truth of the matter is, we all get off track at times. And it's good when we have someone that would love us enough to help us get back on track. Now, my desire, however, is this summer we wouldn't get off track. Again, as I said earlier, my mind raced back to, to, I mean, several families down through the years. That just one summer got them off track. And in many cases, they've never gotten back on track at all. Eric Lindholm gives us a story of his decision not to run on Sunday during the 1924 Olympics in Paris. It was thought that his best chances for a gold medal was in a 100-meter race. Yet, when the schedule was posted, the 100-meter race was to be run on Sunday. He purposed in his heart, well, I can't race. That's the Lord's day. He was accused of being unpatriotic, uh, denying Scotland a chance at the glory. He was called legalistic, but still he refused, and it meant losing a chance to win the medal. Uh, I mean, newspapers and books, and, and, uh, I mean, he was being bombarded with uh, his foolishness, his uh, you're crazy, well, why don't you run this race? And it's just one time, it's just a little, it's just one, one day. And, uh, oh, I mean, he was just bombarded. But he chose not to run. And uh, so he was decided he would run the 400 meter race. And they said he had no chance, absolutely no chance, to win the race. But just before the race, someone handed him a note it read, In the old book it says, He that honors me, I will honor. Wishing you the best success always. Well, God did honor Eric Lindell. For he not only won the 400 meter race, he broke the world's record in the process. He was a man that said, I'm not going to get off track. I'm not going to get off track. Notice, ye, it's a personal race. Every one of us, if you're saved by the grace of God, every one of us has a race to run. No exception. And, of course, this speaks of the will of God for our life. Now, I love this. God has a plan and a purpose. 
You know what? You know what? It's sort of move us to praise God. God's got a plan and purpose for every one of our lives. A plan and purpose. He said, you did run well, personal race. Knows well how to run the race, properly run the race. Again, one of the dangers of summertime is this. Now, now don't you boo me out. My preacher don't want us to go on vacation. That's not so. That's not so. If God allots you and your job allots you a time for your family to have vacation, I praise God for it. I mean, I look at some of you, you need a vacation, amen, or need something. And, and uh, it's good. I think it's wonderful. I'm not against families taking vacations. I think it's wonderful. I think it's good to do. But I just want you to know the warning. I want to try to warn you when we get out of a schedule, then we're good chance we'll get out of the will of God. We get out of a schedule because we're all creatures of habit. You realize you would not believe how much of a creature of habit that you are. We all do about the same thing every day of every week. My building got broke in and thieves cleaned it out. And they had no problem knowing when I was not going to be there because there was Sunday I go to church. And so they cleaned me out, these. Anyway, he said, did poorly run. Used to be faithful. Used to serve God. Used to be in service. And uh, my, but now you did run well. You did. Used to be what you used to be. Springtime, you was running well. Summer is, they're not running anymore. And so I want to help you tonight and try to, try to let you, try to show you. Now, it's not my desire to try to answer all the whys of people stop running the race. Uh, I'll leave that to all the people who have time to ask the whys that probably need to get a job. My desire is not to answer the why. People quit running the race. My desire is to help you not to get knocked off the track in the first place. How do we keep running the race day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, in winter and in summer, in spring and in fall? How do we, how do we keep running? That's what Paul said. Paul came to the end of his life. And I love this. At the end of his life, when everything's said, then he said, and he run his race. Well, I finished my course. I run the race well. He could look to God, and I, uh, I bought, I bought, said, God, I run, the, I run my race well for your glory. How can we do that and continue to run well? First of all, stay on track by standing fast. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong. 1 Thessalonians 3, 8. 
For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. Philippians 4.1 Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. True soldier is not quick to surrender or be moved. The one position, the one position in order for us to, to stay on track is remain steadfast in the Lord. That means this. I stand fast serving God here on Wednesday night, but I'm going to stand fast serving God tomorrow is Thursday. Friday comes, I'm going to stand fast in serving the Lord. Fourth of July, I'm on vacation. And again, if you get a vacation, praise Lord. If you got an extra one, let me know. On vacation time, you're on vacation because you're at the beach or the mountains or Timbuktu, wherever you're at, still stand fast in the Lord. Somehow or another, I remember years ago, years ago, and a couple in our church, and uh, uh, it, it really was a shock. I, I don't think she knew what she was doing. But she stood up and testified. Then went on a cruise. And talking about drinking. Talking about drinking. Well, I'm going to stand fast in the Lord now. If I go somewhere, I'm not going to drink. I don't drink now. I don't, I don't eat in restaurants where they serve alcohol. You can't. I'm not booing you out for that. That's my own personal uh, conviction. And uh, you, you have yours, but I'm not now. I'm not going to go on vacation and, oh, man, we've tried a little bit of toddy. I ain't never had this. I don't want to do it. Now, now, you think that's funny, but the reality is you would be absolutely astounded how many of God's people, when they're on vacation, feel that they have liberty to throw away everything that they believe. I, I'm probably going to get in trouble. It's okay. I've been in trouble before. It's amazing. It's amazing. They wouldn't dress one way at the house, but they go on vacation and dress away and strut around in public. I'll tell you what's truth. If you saw my body, you'd understand why I'm going to keep it covered. I'm going to keep it covered. Now I'm, I am. And, and, and guess what? I'm going to do that if I get a chance to go on vacation. What I'm trying to get you to stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast in the Lord wherever you're at. We don't quit, quit being. Again, if you get a chance to go on vacation, wonderful. I hope you do. Spend time with your family and and man, you build memories and it's a blessing and, and it's good. But somehow or another we forget that we're not we're a Christian there. You, it may shock you, you know, when you go on vacation, then people uh, 
need a track too. They need a gospel too. Uh, Whatever we do, we need to stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast means to be to persist, to to keep standing. The tense of the verb is to continue, to continually standing fast. One year we went. To, uh, I, I'm almost sure. I'm not. I'm, I'm almost positive. One year we went to California, and I went with. We went with a bunch of other fe- folks, and um, we got into uh, California's probably about midnight, and uh, we were in the van, and we was going around, and they was looking. They was wanting a place to eat, and uh, found found one place. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not sure, but I believe I ate in a bar. Now, I've never been in a bar, but I think it was a bar. And I don't know why I was tired and by half asleep. And, and, I, and I'm sitting there and I said, my God, we're in a bar. God, please don't kill me. I don't have a car to leave. And I do believe that God had mercy on me and then kill us out there. The truth is, we need to stand fast in the Lord. You realize what well, people are used to be Christians. I used to love the Lord. I used to serve God. I used to do this and are, are falling by the wayside day every day we we, we walk it uh, falling. Number one, stand fast. Number two, separating from the foe. Ye did run well. Who? Now notice, denoting a person. Who? Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? A person stepped in and began to hinder... You run your race. Who done that? What caused that? Note, this may be someone else or it could be yourself. You could be the who that's hindering the race for God. What happens is this. And he goes on to explain the next few verses what happens, who is that one that hinders running the race. He says, first of all, God's left out. He makes it very clear. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. God said, I'm not doing this. No, no, I'm I'm not in this. And we would do well while we try to add God into our doings. God done this and... No, no, no. What He's saying, what God is literally saying, God's saying any persuasion or position or any teaching that leads away from the truth of Jesus Christ, it's not God. That's exactly what He's saying. He said, God said, I'm not in that. I'm not moving you to do that. Second, a little... Does matter. A little does matter. We have the ideal is 
Well, uh, if I miss one Sunday, it won't hurt anything. And for the most part, it won't. And for the most part, it won't. But if that little finds a toehold, you're about church from... I'm, I'm thinking of a lady right now. Her face just come to mind. Went to a vacation. And as far as I know, never talking to church doors again. Why? That little became much. I don't know why it happened. Perhaps come back on Saturday... Wow, out, and trust me, you go on vacation and rest, you'll come back tired than what you was when you went. Get bounced, wow, I just don't think we can make church tomorrow. Then the next week, the car blows up. I believe this lady maybe had had an accident and broke her ankle or something or other, if I remember correctly. Then the next week, something, then the next week, something, then the next week, and then it just a little does make a difference. A little does make a difference. When we allow a little sin, nobody, nope, somebody, I've had people say, tell me them, well, one beer won't send you to hell. That's right. One beer won't, but ain't one problem. How many stops at one? That's the problem. That's the problem. So we find little obeying the truth, a little leaven, untruth corrupts the whole. You take truth and you add just a little bit of untruth, and it corrupts the whole. Leaven stands for evil and uh, corruption, the infection. Um, a little infection. I'm, I'm aware Mike's got cancer, so. Don't, don't boo me out. But is a little bit a cancer okay? Everybody okay with just a little cancer? Because you and I both know it won't stay little. It never stays little. So a little, a little makes a difference. Then he said, there's a price to pay. He knows the way he said, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. In other words... If we allow, we don't separate ourselves from the foe that's going to get us tripped up, even if that's ourselves, we don't give ourselves permission to sin and get tripped up. If we do, then there'll be a price to pay for that. So we stay on track by serving, standing fast, separating from the foe. Number three, serving faithfully. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. God has said, I'm giving you a great gift. It's called liberty. Now, we're, folks are prone to go to two extremes. One believer says, okay, I've been saved by God's grace, so I can sin, do anything I want to, license to sin. May I say that is wrong? Another believer's sin is there goes to the opposite extremes and imposes a law on everybody else. Somehow, we somewhere between 
license and legalism is liberty. Somewhere between license, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and so I can't lose my salvation, so I got license to sin. No, you don't. Then another one is legalism. Saying, if you don't do this, 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 legalism, choking people to death. I've known churches where um, uh, 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 a woman walk in, maybe never been to church a day in her life, walk in and not be dressed properly. And I've known churches where they would Escort them out. So you can't, you can't come in here dressed that way. I've seen people that are so legalistic about things that, that uh, you know, if you don't spit white, you, you, you're not with, no, no, no. What, what, what better place for a spiritual hospital than the sick? I'm going to tell you what, God saves them, then He'll clean them up. I'm thinking he's a master at it. He's a master at it. I've seen God save folks around here, and boy, some of them look rough, and and you know, and boy, God save them. Then one, I, I remember a young man come in his hair. His hair was longer than my wife's hair, and God graciously saved him, and uh, we loved him and preached to him. And one Sunday, somebody said, "Who's that?" Lord, I, I don't know who, who is that. Got up a little bit closer and said, Lord, gosh, had that hair cut off short. We didn't even recognize who he was. And may I say, God is a master at doing those things. And so what we realize is this, we have been given great liberty. But may I say, God said, don't you, don't you, uh, we've been calling it great liberty. Uh, but he said, don't you use your liberty don't you use the gift I've given you for an occasion of the flesh. God said, you're saved. But you still ain't got a right to get drunk, smoke dope, and cuss, and steal, and lie, and all. You, you, you're saved, but you still ain't got a right to do that. That's what he's saying. So give an occasion to the flesh. But that's why he said the answer. But by love, serve one another. Isn't that interesting? Serve one another. He said, don't let that flesh have its way. We have great liberty. But he said, Paul said, Paul said this. Are you listening? Paul said, don't man's got to die daily. He said, this old man, this flesh has got to die daily. Because we're all robed in it. And he's died daily. Then he said, serve. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh my goodness. There's something about serving. And I don't care what time of year it is. Where you're at. If you see somebody, if you're on vacation... And you stop at a restaurant. And there's somebody 
peeking in the window. And then Sunday, get up and buy him a hot dog. He said, well, I, I ain't going to give him no, I didn't say give him money. I said, buy him a hot dog. Amen? Buy him some need. We can serve people no matter where we're at. We can serve people. There's something about serving that truly keeps this old flesh from being what it not ought to be, you know? Because you know what? It's, it's like this. Let me when this flesh has its way, it's tight-fisted. It's selfish. It's selfish. Now, don't look at me like that. We all have a certain bit of selfishness about us. Amen? You and I, our children are eat up with it. I don't care how little. Go in the nursery and watch them play. They get a toy. Mine, mine, mine! And they act like the other way because they ain't got enough sense. We, we act that way too. We are selfish. But when you serve someone, you got to open that hand. You got to maybe helping someone up. Serving one another, you can't do that with a tight fist or closed hand. By serving one another, it keeps the hearts tender and heart right. Then last of all, and I love this, we have a spiritual friend. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Now, uh, you, how many's got your Bibles? Hold your Bible up. Amen. Okay. Walk in the Spirit when we go to church. Is that what it says? Does it say walk in the Spirit when I go on the job? Does it say walk in the Spirit Monday through Friday, but not on Saturday and Sunday? No, no. What he's saying is, God is saying, Paul is saying to this church, he said, you know how you stay on track? He said, you got a spiritual friend. The moment you got saved by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit of God moved in. He's the best friend you'll ever have. And if we give Him liberty, and right away the Holy Spirit will enable us. You know what the Holy Spirit will do? Uh, I'll I give you a, um, an illustration. I'll give you an illustration. And I use, I use mine because... You, you don't tell me your stories because you're afraid I embarrass you. So you know nobody tell me their stories. I, I, had a, I went to the doctor yesterday and I and, uh, uh, got some webbing in my, my throat and it's going to have to be roto-rooted out. Watch offered to do it, but, you know, he's busy, so I didn't take his time up. And uh, roto-rooted it out. Went to the doctor yesterday and... and uh, they said that for tomorrow. Going to do it tomorrow. I said, Hallelujah! Get it done! Anyway, the anesthesiologist called me today and just talked me a long list of issues and problems. And they said, and then they called back. So, Mr. Steins, we're sorry to inform you we cannot do your surgery tomorrow. 
The anesthesiologist will not do this till you're past your stroke 90 days. He wanted to wait six months, but he said, I will do it when it's past 90 days. You call him, tell him, I will absolutely not do it till past June the 22nd. My stroke's March 22nd. 90 days is June the 22nd. I said, I know you don't act that way, but I did. Man, I would get this thing done and over with. And I was walking down the parking lot. I said, God, why couldn't I get done? And about that time, the Holy Spirit of God said, Don't you think I know when you need to get done? Now, I know he didn't speak like this, but it's almost like he said, You idiot, I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. I know more about you. I know all your yesterdays. I know your today. But the Holy Ghost said, I know something you don't know. I know all your tomorrows. And it was just a, a peace. And I said, Boy, Holy Spirit, thank you. And he gave me a peace of mind about that. You, we need, we can walk that way, folks. It's a gift God's given us. The Holy Spirit's not someone just, seal, he did seal us. And, and, and uh, until Jesus come, we got eternal. I understand all this. But do you understand, we have a spiritual friend to help us if we would just be sensitive enough to say, how I many, I, I, I almost, has Holy Ghost ever nudged you to do something and you just bucked on it and said, no, I'm not going to do that, only to find out later, would to God you done it. Yeah. We all have that. He says, walk in the Spirit. I believe we ought to be, I believe the Spirit of God. I'm not talking about looking for a booger behind every bush. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just saying God is a master at working things in your life. And when we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God, and He says, Nah, you're not, you better not do that. You better not do that. You come back, you've been on vacation, you have a wonderful time, you'll give out, you're exhausted. Well, I understand you say, and old flesh said, Boy, you need to sleep in tomorrow. Just, uh, you got to go work Monday. You need to take the day off. You need to rest. You need, the flesh said, rest, rest, rest. And the Holy Spirit of God said, oh, no, no, you need to get to church tomorrow. I've got something for you. And what I, I want you to understand is this. If you'll get up and go, the Lord will strengthen you ten times more than that rest will ever give you. We have a spiritual friend. We have a spiritual friend. And all we got to do is yield to him. And let him do his work in our lives. Walk, ye, I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's all standard feet. If it had bowed and never I closed.